Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Turn on the Jets Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. It's been one game and there is always next year, my friends. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter, Brian underscore Bassett. And with me, as always, are Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad, and Travis Milton, who you can follow at Dash 37 Board 27. Well, this has been about the same as it felt like last week uh, or last year, Josh, when you watched this game, what were your thoughts as let's say the first half unfolded and then you kind of entered into the second half? Ooh, what year is it guys? Like what <laughs> is it? Is it 2014? Is it 20, 2009? Like I, I can't even tell with this team anymore what my name is. It feels like everything is mind-numbingly the same. We were just talking <laughs> about this before we started recording, that it feels like, man, every single week with this team is the same story. Obviously, falling behind 21 nothing, scrambling to get a field goal before half, not how you're hoping to start uh, your first game, especially when there's optimism um, around year three of Sam Darnold, a new left tackle. Lots of good things happened in this game, but um, obviously that first half set them back, and they do not have the weapons to come back from a three-score deficit so it was disappointing by halftime some glimmers in the second half 
overall pretty much the same thing for the last, I don't know, nine years, like kind of the same exact <laughs> pace as we've all grown as Jets fans. Man, uh, you guys know generally on, on, you know, the one o'clock games, I'm having to, to watch them at the restaurant during service. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple points in watching this game where I was like, I, I think I'd be happier going and cleaning the bathrooms. Um, <laughs> uh, less, uh, it, would, it would be less. Uh, um, I'd still be dealing with shit, yeah. but at least I would have some sort of a sort of control over it. <laughs> it's less, uh, less embarrassing. Yeah. Less, uh, yeah. less, igno- less ignominious. Right. So yeah. When you're, when you're looking for other tasks or just like, yeah, like, like, okay. For me, the defining moment of this game came in the third quarter, right? There was this amazing setup where um, I think it was the third third quarter, about five minutes left. Um, you know, Jets' offense is working. Uh, Darnold takes the takes a snap, drops back, throws a bubble screen right to Jamison Crowder. He, you know, he kind of crouches, collects himself for the you know for the blocks to set up, and then he kind of boom like springs into action. He just blasts right through the secondary you know, goes into the end zone, I think untouched. He's, you know, mm-hmm. he's kind of waiting for somebody to catch him as he gets close to the end zone, thinking like somebody's going to, somebody's clearly going to, you know, pull me down. Never happens, scores a touchdown. And the announcer screams after this play, you know, has happened and he scored the touchdown. And somehow the Jets are still in the ball game. And that to me was the, <laughs> like a uh, defining moment of this game against the bills when uh, when the 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 announcer is there focused on the game they're now you know they've cut it to i guess you know it was they got it to they they had 9 points at that point before they scored the point after and, and it's just like it's like he's incredulous about the fact that they're still in the game and so right i it's like didn't go any different than i expected right the the bills have a as much as it bothers me to say they had a talented team you know they've got a star receiver and stuff on digs he was pulling coverage away from some of the other guys who made some good plays john brown had a good game cole beasley had a couple good catches you know and and the rest of their team allen goes for over 300 yards i guess that's the first time in his career and the first time for the bills since 2016 they said yep um but it was you know it was all the same stuff we're used to seeing right the self-imposed wounds uh, defensive pass interference calls. Um, you know, there are some bright spots in the secondary to be sure. Uh, but, you know, other players are about as advertised or expected. And it's just this death by a thousand cuts, you know, death by Cole Beasley, you know, kind of situation. And so, so I just watching this game and, uh, you know, you start to just like, how, how much time is left in this game before I can go do something else or right. You know, go clean, go clean the toilets or whatever. So I mean I don't know was that was that similarly how you felt as you kind of watched the game unfold, Josh? Yeah, for sure. I mean I feel like I feel like in all the ways that we had already tempered some expectations, especially last week with some of the injuries. Obviously, not having C.J. Mosley, Jamal traded away. You know, coming into this week specifically, I, I had some tempered expectations. The Bills were a playoff team last year. With the expanded playoffs this year, they'll probably be a playoff team again. Like, it's yeah, they're really going to be talent. like they're right. They're going to be bounced in the first round, but they're like, yeah. you know. They're going to play the Titans on Saturday at 10 a.m. No one's going to see it, but they are going to be in a playoff game. Um, And the Jets are just not great. And then, you know, having, um, you know, not a great, 
not a great week of practice, having some some guys get nicked up. Like, it was not going to be a good game anyway. But then to come out and feel like, man, like, did they practice this week? Like, did – what was the game plan looking like? Like, what it, – it felt like by the mid, midway through the second quarter, it almost felt like this team just met each other on Thursday. And it's like, man, there was no adjustment – to what personnel were going to be available. Um, and it was just disappointing. It's disappointing to see, to see Sam with very little skill around him. And obviously he did not have a good game, um, but you know, good quarterbacks make bad teams a little bit better. And I don't, I didn't see that this week with Sam. And so not, not a ton of expectation. And at the same time, I still came away pretty disappointed. What about you, Travis? What, what did you think as the game kind of played out? Um, I mean, there, there were points kind of like what you were talking about in the third quarter where I was like, you know, that, that kind of gave me a little bit of hope, tied me back in. And I was like, man, maybe we're going to get a reverse of, of game one last year. And, mm. you know, the Bills have been, you know, dominating us thus far. And now they're going to falter and, and, you know, we're going to do what they did. And then just looking at the decisions by Sam, um, some of the play designs, the Adam Gase decisions, I mean, putting Bell back in the game, um, I mean, it was it was it got harder and harder to watch, and uh, yeah, especially with you know, as as you alluded, there were some bright spots, but those mm-hmm. bright spots were nowhere near enough. Just looking at the poor decisions, poor throws, poor play calling. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Hey guys, sorry to cut in for a quick second. Just want to thank everybody who's listening to There's Always Next Year and let you know about the fact that winning season is back at my bookie and you can double your first deposit when you use the promo code OVERTIME. Just go to my bookie and use the promo code OVERTIME. You can get in on the action. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. It's designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Chance to win big this season, and if you want to win big, I'll be honest with you, I would bet against the Jets pretty much every week. That seems to be what would yield the most success for you gambling. Just use promo code OVERTIME, double your first deposit, and start winning money over at MyBookie. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
All right, Brian, sorry to hijack the show for a second. The floor is yours, sir. What were some of the things that, I mean, if, you know, if we are going to say, okay, like it's, it's largely what we expected, but you know, here, here's the places in where I was surprised or delighted or whatever, whatever adjective you want to use, like what, what did stand out that you said, okay, right. That, that's something we can, we can work with or, you know, has potential. Uh, What, what did you like? What did you like? I mean, Marcus May, I've been a Marcus May sport. Like I, I know, I know I'm the only one on, on, on this podcast. No, he's been, all right. I tolerate him. I tolerate I know, him. But, but, I'm not a fan. I would not buy a May, Marcus May jersey. I'll just okay, say that. I am. I am the only one that owns a Marcus May jersey. And I have <laughs> since he got drafted. I bought a May instead of a, an Adams. Nice. Um, smart decision. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's the, the only smart just decision I think I've ever made. Like, especially if you look at my jersey collection. Um, how's your how's your Darren Lee jersey doing lately? Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, it's probably collecting a little bit of dust. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out when I'll ever break that out. You know, along with yeah. my Leron Landry and uh, yeah, it's a little um, too soon for ironic, but yeah, I think you're you're a year too. Oh, you have, oh Leron Landry, you can't you can never go wrong. wrong no, Leron I still jersey. rock that one, and people are like, "Is that your last name?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> no." <laughs> he actually played one year for the Jets. <laughs> Trev, you could wear your Osemele jersey with some pride this week. He had a really good game. Heck yeah. See, that's yes, one does. I never bought. And, and like, <laughs> I held off on buying any offensive line jerseys this year. Although, you know, looking at Becton in the game, you know, he mm-hmm. gave up that stack, gave up a pressure. But outside of that, he was getting good leverage. He was pushing into the freaking, you know, past the line into the secondary. He looked – I was – very impressed because I, yeah. I think I was a little bit, you know, skeptical, especially like the second that pick happened um, right. of him getting well, taken. Because we were looking at Worf. I think, I think we got our hearts set on Worf thinking yeah. Acton would be gone or something would come up and he would drop into the twenties or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, um, and so, so right. It was kind of like, it's not exactly the guy I wanted. I see the physical talent, but right. He, it's not like he was yeah. playing at LSU or Wisconsin or, you know, one of these kind of, you know, typical powerhouse offensive line programs. Um, and so, so yeah, I, yeah, there was some uncertainty there. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think Mekhi Becton, for a rookie who has had zero preseason abilities and playing against a pretty good defensive line, um, yeah, I thought, I thought he acquitted himself well. And, right, one of the things that my – my buddy, my old buddy Bent, you know, wrote about on on SNY yesterday or tonight or uh, yet last night or this morning was um, the fact that like he's a little different when you think about him. Like the last person who was in his shoes was DeBrickshaw Ferguson, right? Rookie left tackle coming in from kind of at the start of the season. Um, so they share that, but then and that was fourteen years ago, right? The, the but the thing that they don't share is that everybody loved. Uh, Ferguson's ability to um, to pass rush, uh, pass protect, excuse me, um, versus and the concern was more about his run blocking. It's kind of inverse, right? With Becton, everybody loves his kind of road gradiness, um, but we're more concerned about can he play that you know kind of left tackle pass protector, you know ride ride the the defensive end around 
um, position. And so, right. I mean, he's going to give up sacks. That's going to happen, but you know, he played well in the, in the running game and he acquitted himself well in the passing game. So you say, okay, that's his first game. Like where is he going to be two years from now, three years? Yeah. And he's going against Jerry Hughes. I mean, Jerry Hughes is no scrub. I mean, you know, first game out of college going against Jerry Hughes. I was, I was pretty damn impressed. I thought he had Mm -hmm. a really, really great game. And I see, you know, I see what, what Douglas saw in him and I think he's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, that's that's promising. What else was was promising, Josh? Yeah, I felt I felt really good, obviously about Beckton. I, I agree with all that stuff. Um, and then just just in the secondary, I mean, I, I feel like we we felt a few months ago when when the Jamal trade happened, like man, this is going to be another kind of open wound on this roster. And bless Austin, Marcus May played really well. Um, felt really good about some of the things that. Um, uh, even defensively, it felt like like Marcus May sliding in almost to that Jamal Adams role of um, just yeah. busting things up around the line of scrimmage, and so that was that was good. Um, you know, there there were some things, obviously, like you know, you can't give up 300 yards to Josh Allen and feel great. So, you know, I mean, I say those two things that those guys had pretty good games in in the grand scheme. It wasn't the best day as a secondary, as as a unit, obviously, but um, you know, I I also felt pretty good um, about just how, uh, how do I get here? Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Um, mm-hmm. and I know we could probably spend a week here. Um, felt like, man, like if, if coming into this game, sounding like last week, Adam Gason had been maybe buried this hatchet and he's saying, we really want to get him the ball more in space. Obviously Lev kind of through training camp, not feeling super great. And then being tossed back into a game, um, you know, mm-hmm. you can read between some of the context and, and some of the subtext that might be there of Adam Gase maybe trying to prove that he's right and putting a hurt player back in and love Bell in a no-win situation. You know, if nothing else, like what's coming out that's good from this is maybe this is just another piece of the puzzle in having a new head coach coming up within the next year or so. (laughs) That's the only other good spot I can think of. Yeah, well, we'll circle back around to our friend, Adam Gase here shortly. Um, I'm sure we have we have lots to say, but yeah, I I think you you hit on a number of the things that I saw at, you know as highlights in the game. You know, Marcus May sliding into that Greg Williams role, uh, Greg Williams kind of Jamal Adams role. Um, you know, I mean, we'll we'll see how it plays out over the course of the season. I think Marcus May is a is a fine starter. Um, you know, they uh, they brought in Bradley McDougald who uh, who got that great. Um, opportunistic fumble recovery just kind of ball popped into his hands when when Marcus May was the one who forced the fumble on a on a Josh Allen rush and then right two sacks I think it's the first two sack game he's ever had Um, and then bless Austin right he played well in the secondary but right you know Brian Poole played about as well as you'd expect Mm -hmm. Brian Poole to play Um, you know there were other places where it was it was not as great um, yeah, we saw the situation with the um, safety, the new safety, Ashton Davis, where he coughed up the ball um, on that uh, on that kick return by, you know, trying to earn some style points, let's say, going over that yeah. guy. And that was not oh, great. Um, so, so it's like if you're really, really, really fast, why are you taking your feet off the ground, right? Like yep. the best thing you can do is keep your feet on the ground and understand he, maybe he just he'd committed to the angle and the angle got blocked. But it's like, if you're really fast, as fast as everybody says you are from your track days or whatever, like why, why are you putting yourself in the worst situation? Anyway, 
that's for another day. Rookie mistake. Um, right. Just consider this the preseason in terms of, you know, these guys feeling out what it's like to play in the NFL and kind of their ability to anticipate holes closing and things. Um, but, but then Jamison Crowder, right. Another studly day. Um, you know, now largely who else was catching the ball? I mean, you had, uh, the corpse of Brashad Perriman, you had um, Chris Herndon, you know, making football moves and, and dropping the ball um, and Denzel Mims not out there. Right. So, so it, it had to be the, the Jameson Crowder show and then also right. Lev Bell being injured and that sort of thing. So, so it, it's just, it's a tough situation where um, I think Crowder did more than anyone expected and like man would he have been a great dfs play if you were a you know dfs grinder in week one um now the question is what happens with mims i think it, right it will only get more interesting when mims comes back because i think you're going to get more um it's going to soften up the defense even more and you'll have more ability to work but right like we're now getting into a place with denzel mims with hamstring issues like I don't need him to go for a thousand yards this year, guys, but are I'm starting to get concerned when it comes to Denzel Mims because the, the, how do I say this? Um, when you look at the numbers, right. For rookies, they don't need to rookie wide receivers specifically. They don't need to have amazing years, but they do need to be productive, right. For them to continue success versus to look Laquan Treadwell themselves in the NFL. Right. So, oh, yeah. so are you guys starting to get worried about Mims like I am, or, or, you know, do you think eh, just, it'll be a little bit more time and, and he'll come on and, you know, because there's just such an opening in terms of what this offense needs, um, he'll get incorporated right, right in. What, what are your thoughts, uh, Travis? I think if he can get healthy, I mean, I don't think that there's going to be any shortage of opportunities for mm-hmm. him. I mean, as you said, we've our wide receiver group outside of Crowder is just—it's dog shit. I mean, Perriman, like I've, I've never—I—I I, I get what Douglas was he's going fast. for. Yeah, he's very exactly. fast. He's a lid lifter, and that's fine, and we need that. And you know, I just—I I don't have a lot of faith in our in our wideouts. So I, I think that he's going to get every opportunity uh, possible, and it might even be a good thing. Um, him being hurt because, you know, all these guys are going to do is go out and showcase how terrible they are in the meantime. So, you know, once he once he can get okay, um, maybe get some kind of cybernetic hamstring or something that doesn't, you know, blow out every week and a half, uh, yeah. I think he's going to get, you know, every opportunity in the world. I, I'm just – I'm more worried about just after that first game, and I know it's first game – I shouldn't be, you know, going to the, you know, the end of the world on this, but just seeing the decisions that Darnold was making, that's that's my biggest worry, I think, on the team outside of, of the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? Are you worried about Mims yet, Josh, or what do you think? I, I am. I mean, when they started floating that, he might even land on the IR, which I know is different this year. It's only a few weeks, yeah. but um, that obviously is more than just like, hey, like the other hamstring is tweaked, like to go a month or so. Um, on a bad hamstring, um, really missing all that, you know, in, in the weirdest training camp year of in league history. Um, uh, and then to have your other hamstring get tweaked just before the opener is like, man, what, what's happening here? So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. Like I'm not, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not cracking the glass case and 
sounding the alarm, but you know, I'm, I'm looking around the room, seeing where that alarm button is so I can push it the moment that we need to announce an emergency here. But um, listen, that's the problem though. Like this is where we're at as, as a roster is if, if, if our rookie wide receiver can't get on the field, we're in trouble. And so that, that just kind of tells you again, like it's just another moment of like, this is where the roster's at. It's, it's where the confidence lies with coaching staff. And so um, I'm hopeful for him. I mean, I think, I think the world of him and I think, um, Joe Douglas um, brought him in for a reason. Um, I think he really had his eyes on him in the draft. Um, and so I'm hoping he gets on the field. But I, I'm concerned at this point um, as to what that timetable is looking like. And late-breaking news, it's also looking like it might be a couple weeks here for Lev Bell um, and Blake Cashman. Oh. Adam Gay saying he's not sure when they could be back. It might be a few weeks there. Yeah. And so Cashman broke his collarbone, right? So you, you yeah. have to think that's at least a month, if not – six weeks yeah and, so. and, you know for a guy like lev like this could turn into man i don't feel good yet and maybe this is like yeah. what happened yesterday being forced back in the game or going back in is just like screw it i'm not playing for this team anymore like he has precedent here of not playing when he doesn't want to play so um mm-hmm. i'm i'm officially concerned about lev bell as well uh yeah i think that's that's totally valid and i mean the thing that that even you know even makes it worse is the fact that right he has gone um, out of his way to defend this this let's say coaching staff and or front office um, but let's say the front office we'll say he's gone out of his way to protect the front office um, and but right like there, there you there is this strong feeling that you have around him that once that switch flips clearly as happened with the Steelers like once that flip switch it is never going back. Right. Like this is, that is a one way street and he will be, he will be completely loyal until he feels like he has been, um, you know, disrespected long enough. And then like, there's no going back on that. So, right. I I think that's a fair point to say, Hey, that's a question. And that's something you need to concern yourself with. And so, so yeah, so we need to talk though about, you talked about Gase. We we've danced around a little bit. Um, we do need to talk about Adam Gase, and so so I, I have a question for you for you both, I'll, Travis. I'll start with you. Over under. So which week? So what week will the fire Adam Gase billboards start appearing off the uh, uh, the New Jersey Turnpike? Or or I'll, I'll also I will also allow um, planes flown overhead of uh, of practice facilities and or games that have uh, messages. What week does started, that happen this year? I've already started to go find me to get the guys uh, flying the uh, the the uh, the Astros asterisk signs over top yes, of yes, uh, Ravine to try to get to New York like as quick <laughs> as possible. Um, I'm, I'm I'm on it. Like I, I, if 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 it's anything that I can do more, like hopefully week two. Man, like I I I don't understand how there aren't the, you know these billboards like the Idzik billboards already. Um, Man, I would I would put one up outside of Teterboro in an instant if I had the money. But yeah, I I, I give it maybe like three more weeks till people hit that like yeah. insane breaking point. But I don't know. Like I see so many damn apologists on Twitter that that you know I I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. He's just so bad. Um, I'm I'm hoping by week three. I'll say that. Okay, Josh, what do you think? Over under on billboards and or sky messages. I I am betting. So if you if you forecast out a few weeks here, 
Um, we get the Patriots in week nine would be the second week of November. It's a Thursday night game, I believe. Um, I would not be shocked if, if we have both billboards and a plane overhead during the game um, on Thursday, November 9th against the Patriots. Because if you look at the schedule, guys, it ain't looking pretty. Like we've talked about this in, in the past, but maybe there's one or two winnable games. And the one that's winnable um, is also a, a Thursday nighter um, on October 1st. And so and that's against the Broncos. But other than that, we've got the Niners, the Colts, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Bills again, the Chiefs who we're definitely not beating. Um, and then the Patriots game, and then the Dolphins after that. So an 0-8 start is a real possibility. And I think by the time we get to 0-6, I think that's when payments are being made and flight plans are being established and Teterboro Airport is being told that there's a plane on the runway um, on, on November 9th um, against against the Patriots. Um, that's actually – that might be a Monday night game, as a matter of fact. It is a Monday night game. So just yep. plan on Jets-Patriots. Monday night, November 9th, we are staring at Fire Adam Gase on a plane over MetLife Stadium. I'll tell you, if uh, stimulus checks ever actually do go through, I, I am fully on board with spending my entire one to, <laughs> to try to get make this happen. I, uh, I'm not much of a – I don't really follow Mike Greenberg um, literally at all, but I know he's been – this is – today we're taping this on Monday. He has been strong the, uh, today, a Monday, uh, uh, against – against Gase, you know, saying um, Gase is the problem with the Jets. I think he said he's not uh, equipped to coach a um, a youth football fifth grade, team. Fifth grade team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifth, <laughs> a fifth grade team. So um, I don't know if this is a, a big turn for Greenberg because I just largely ignore what he says and just kind of ESPN by large. Uh, but but I, I'm curious, uh, like, there is – if it hasn't already happened, right, we're, we're getting to that crescendo moment. And so I, I don't know where we, where we go from here. Uh, but right. It feels like when people are coming out strongly in his, you know, that he needs to go and that he's the problem. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say I said this the moment they were even considering hiring him, but, but that was my, my stated case at that time. Um, but, you know, I, I guess at this point, right. Like, this is where they are. Who knows whether this organization will, you know, realize the terrible mistake they made in, in hiring this guy. But like, is there, I guess my question is, is there any way to uh, lessen his impact, right? Or, or like to, for, for this team, like, can this team succeed despite Adam Gase? I guess that's my question. What do you think, Josh? Mm. Oh, I, it's, it's hard, right? I mean, it, it would be hard for this team um, as, as undermanned as they are, they don't have that plucky upstart thing going to them yet. And so maybe, you know, maybe if Sam just starts to become a very vocal leader in the, in the locker room, um, if, uh, you know, Marcus May steps fully into Jamal's shoes and really becomes the the mouthpiece for that defense. Like maybe if there's a player's kind of not even revolt, but like a player's, uh, you know, taking of the wheel from him, um, at least publicly or even privately in, in, in jet circles, maybe there's a chance here that the team um, can rally behind something else. But the problem is once that happens, the, the story isn't that Sam and Marcus and, you know, Mackay and, um, you know, 
Lev Bell, if he's even still around at that point, are are, are moving the team forward, that it'll be that Adam Gase has lost the locker room. Um, and I really do think, like, you know, as understated as it might be, I think we might look back in a month and realize, like, this rift with Lev Bell and putting him back in and, and then kind of saying, hey, it was kind of a mistake. You know, Lev Bell doesn't have a choice. Like, if he wants to play in the future, you go back in the game. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. you can just, like, hang out on the sideline. He's already, in, you know, an older running back. And so, um, you know, he's going to go back in. But, man, I can't imagine what the conversations, the text messages, the, the group chats are like these, uh, these last, you know, 24 hours or 20 hours since that loss um, solidified. But, man, I can't, I can't think it's good. So, I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to minimize the – the uh, the destruction that Adam Gase has caused mm. to this organization, but again, I still think it starts with Woody Johnson's ownership. I think it, it's just bled through the culture of that building. You know, um, it we were having the same conversations around Ted Bo- Todd Bowles, it, it, except right. that it was just the man looked catatonic at all times, and so with Adam Gase, <laughs> you're getting very little <laughs> things, but the things you do get are revealing. I mean, he's he's in his press conference even today was just saying. You know, we had a lot of misfires, a lot of miscues, and then asked about his play calling. He said, there's not one call that I regret. And so it's his player's <laughs> fault. It's not his. And yeah. Man, is there just like, yeah. there's no ownership in this. Like, you know, Trav, for, like if the restaurant was going down, like knowing you, like as a good man, a good leader of like your staff. It's all, it's you go, all on me. Yeah, you say this starts with me and you protect them. Even if it is their fault, you say, I'm going to be the one to take the, take the charge on this right. thing. And so when he does none of that, man, every guy in that locker room knows, like, he doesn't have our back. Like, he has no respect for us. And I think a revolt is coming. And I cannot welcome it fast enough. Uh, thoughts, Travis? Any, anything to add there? I mean, like, I just, just hit part of that, like, yeah. really on the nose with, uh, I mean, it's hard to create leaders um as as someone who does this as part of part of my job is you know it's it's nurturing people to lead um it's hard to create leaders when you don't lead yourself like when you don't hold yourself accountable it's really hard to to push all the accountability on people and then expect them to rise up within that like that's 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 just a, a total total lack of accountability and bullshit way of, of, of looking at things on Gase's part. And I think my biggest worry is, you know, he is essentially the end all be all for Sam Darnold in this, this organization. Like he is the offensive coordinator. He is the head coach. He is teaching this 23 year old quarterback that has all of these, these tools and, and talents, how to think like him. And that's where I look at, you know, the decision-making that Darnold is making on the field. There are things that, that, it's blurred. Did, did Gase do that? Did, did, mm-hmm. is, you know, was that a design play? No, that wasn't a design play. That's something that, that Darnold checked out of that seems like something that Adam Gase would have done. And I, I, it's, it's really damning looking at things like that. And I don't see any way of, of remotely fixing this franchise unless he is taken out of the equation completely. Yeah. And I mean, you look at the next, month right so they get the Niners who are 0-1 but you know I mean let's face it you know they're they're a team that was 13-3 and last year they're you know licking their wounds from an amazing you know levitating game from from um, DeAndre Hopkins and the and the Cardinals uh, they get they get the 49ers coming up this week and then you know you have the Colts who are a you know decently put together team with you know some 
good talent. And then, and then the Broncos, you know, they're after. So it's not like you have some cream puffs coming up here. Um, and like, I'm already hearing from fellow Jets fans, friends, you know, by texts or whatever that like, you know, like they're already saying after the first game, you know, I don't mess with them getting the top overall spot. Like I, I can't, I get it. I understand. I just, I can't co-sign that because like I always am going to want this team to win um, at the same time. Right. I do understand this, this idea of, um, you know, kind of undercutting yourself at your chances of, you know, getting a top playoffs, you know, or a top, um, you know, a top draft pick next year. But I mean, you've got teams like the Jaguars who are actively from a, from a front end, from a front office standpoint, like trying to lose this season, despite the fact that they actually won their game. Um, and things like th- there are other teams that are making similar moves. And so it's, it's hard for me to, to sign off on that. But at the same time, I, I get and understand that the more games that Gase wins, the more muddy the waters become on whether this is the right or wrong person. Right. And there was even articles last week that we talked about, you know, that Gase it's not fully tied to getting to the playoffs or not. It's, you know, other improvement, but the other thing, and this is even more scary is like people that are talking about getting high draft picks. Like they're also entertaining the idea that they want, you know, a new quarterback, right. They want, you know, they, they want, you know, the top quarterback in the class. And so, so like our is, we're, we're now to a point where Adam Gase and his decision-making and the tethering, as you said, Travis, like very wisely there, like those two are too closely linked. And there's, I don't know if we're going to get a, um, a good chance of getting a sense of whether or not Gase is, you know, is fully pulling Darnold down or it's Darnold and Gase or it's just Darnold or whatever. But like, there are already people that want to see the next quarterback. And that to me is super depressing, right? That's the yeah. worst thing about this whole thing. Yep. So um, yeah. So I, 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 we're, we're in a bad situation and I don't know, you know, maybe the Jets will surprise us, but, um, but it's not a great start to the season. It's not a great start for, for uh, you know, for the offense, and so I, I certainly think we're going to see more improvement. But yeah, there were some good things. Um, anything, anything we can, yeah, take away. Other kind of before we go, gentlemen, anything that comes to mind that you say, you know what, it was all terrible, but like here's a silver lining. Any silver linings? Bryce Hall was not on the field, so I, um, I still think. And have fully, like, mm-hmm. have, have every bit of faith in that dude. And I swear to God, like, <clears throat> maybe not not year one, but I, I really want to see him on the field. And I think that it's going to be, you know, he can't be any worse than Hairston. He can't be any worse than Desir, at least the way they played yesterday. Um, Bless Austin was great. And uh, I really, really am looking forward to seeing Avery Williamson back on the field. Yeah. Anything else, Josh? Other silver linings? <laughs> The only thing, and this is to this is going to make Travis rejoice. Like the offensive line, PFF grades are out. Um, Alex Lewis, Mackay Becton, Greg Roten, um, a, a, amongst our leaders, George Fant, Connor McGovern. Not one guy um, graded less than fifty-eight, which is pretty. <laughs> That's awesome. Hot. That's fire. That's that fire. is that is competent offensive linesmanship, if I might <laughs> say so myself. Um, no, I mean, great grades for Becton and Lewis and Roten and then Fanny I mean, McGovern. 
a little lower, but man, like have never been on the field together. together. Yeah. 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 So it's all that, it's all that call of duty. It's all that call of duty. They played in the off season. I think right. Competent offensive line line play. Now, if we could just, you know, make some plays happen. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think to, to the point, yeah, of your silver linings, I like kind of your, your point on Bryce Hall. And so we already talked about Denzel Mims, but yeah, I think that'll be mine. And that's, I get that that's insane, but like, right. He's not on the field. We haven't even seen him. He hasn't done anything yet, but I do think he's the sort of player, his college production is proof of it. And his measurables are proof of it that he's going to make this a better team. You know, the instant he can step on the field. Um, And so, yeah, so I am, I am looking forward to that. I hope that comes soon, maybe even this week, but uh, I don't know. We'll just have to see. They didn't put him on IR like Debo Samuel. So the thought is if they didn't do that, then right. We might see him week two, week three, Uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. Well, gentlemen, thanks very much. Uh, Everyone, please rate and review this podcast. Uh, Go to Play Like a Jet. Listen to all the awesome content they have this week. We will see you next week on Tuesday after the San Francisco Niners game in the Jets home opener um, at MetLife Stadium. And we will have lots to talk about then. I'm sure we'll have more to talk about Adam Gase. And maybe, just maybe, there will have been a – a, a skywriting message or a, or a billboard uh, painted in <laughs> next week. Fingers crossed. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. I'm going to go drink some rumble mints. Cause I, I rewatched that game before we did this podcast. <laughs> With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.